I'm gonna give any idea what it would take to start a machine shop. And she just looked at me and went, nope, do you? <laughs> and I went to answer and real quick realized, actually, I have no idea how to start a machine shop either. <laughs> so I Googled it. You did not. I Googled you Googled it. how to start how a to machine start shop? A machine shop. That's so funny. Oh my God. Let's go. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome, manufacturing leaders. I'm your host, Jim Carr. Today, we're coming from our beautiful studio at Car Machine and Tool. And I'm here with my two crazy, fired up co-hosts, Jason Zanger and Nick Golner. Crazy, fired up. Jason J.Z. Zanger. Settle down on the Red Bull, because if anybody's listening did, to this at I, one and a half times speed, they're not going to be able to understand anything you're saying. We're so, fired yeah, up chill and out we're a crazy. Bit. We are a little fired up. too close. Yeah. Yep. So we trust we can equip and inspire all of you to run your business a little bit better, do things a little bit better, take a little bit of time for yourself. And at the end of the day, we hope we can entertain you as well. A little bit. You know so, what you say a lot? What do I say? I was giving my integrator a little bit crap about this because... Oh, here comes some criticism. Here we go. His yeah. little catchphrase is, let's land the plane, which you know what that means? Well, it means like, let's get it done. Like, let's get it done, which, you know, I'm not good at. You know, we done. know that. I could get the plane off Eight the ground, years. but landing the plane, no good. But <laughs> Jason, say, Jason's more like, I think we should have a plane. And that expects everyone else <laughs> to run do the plane, everything. not a gas. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just, we go for a hard landing. <laughs> you say what do i say at the end of the day it's always at the end of the day at for the end you of the day, but like yeah. at the beginning of the day it's at the end of the day it doesn't make any sense so did i say it was a, at the it's a end of the of day? did i say it was at the end of the day this morning when my wife said i look like a tall glass of water you always say it's the end of the day but oh. it's not always the end of the day okay so thank that's you that's it it's yeah. a figure of speech man yeah you're okay. one of those like grammar nerds <laughs> like the karen of you you know you should have put a comma there you know <laughs> i'm actually not that smart to know english that well so yeah no not not very good with that well anyway i just want to talk a little bit about our episode today because today we have two very unique guests to make not at chips. the end of the day not at the end of the day. Today, no. we, at, at, right today, in the middle of today. Today, right now, in our studio, we have two very unique guests to Making Chips, a husband and wife team that flew all the way from Boston, Mass., to share their manufacturing journey with us. It's so funny how I met them. IMTS was just a couple is it weeks. Funny? It is funny. Or is it just interesting? It is, well, it's a little bit more interesting than funny. Okay. But because most of what you I say was invited funny. to the pro shop happy hour. Mm -hmm. I think you were too, Yeah, but you were too busy to go. So anyway, I went, I showed up, I raised my hand and said, I'm going to be there. So I walked in, I really didn't know a lot of people except a couple of the pro shop people. And I'm like, oh, there's that guy. I know that guy over there. So I'm like, I sit down and I pushed my way in and there was these two people it's sitting right there now. next to him. <laughs> You're just and shoving people out of the way. Within a couple of minutes, <laughs> I, I met this big persona of a person, had a lot to say. And I said to myself, I've got to have this guy on the show because he's got such a big personality. He's got a great manufacturing he's like story. With a Boston accent. And, and <laughs> he, he'll talk in his Boston accent if you want. And the cool part about this 
manufacturing journey is his wife is also along on the journey with him, which I think is a little unique, oh, especially yeah. in a manufacturing yeah, environment. That's, cool. that's really cool. And I think that they really help each other a lot in the day to day. And I can't wait to have him tell a story, them tell their story about Great. how they got started and everything else. Yeah. We also have some new friends of ours here in the studio. They're just sitting in, listening to us act crazy today. They were recently on an episode of Making Ship called Levers to Pull to Double the Value of Your Business. Dave Kapkovitz and Mike Watkins, the partners at EBITDA Growth Systems are here. Yeah, they were actually here to see me. They're, well, they were I here this the last morning. And half of them, we've had a really good time together. Yeah, and we both partnered with them. So I'm super excited to see how this is all going to come out. I feel really good about it already. I know I've shared that with you. Ryan is super excited to work with you. So uh, all good things are coming. Yeah, right, Sounds yeah. good. Anyway, so again, when I met this couple just a few weeks ago in mid-September, I left and I'm thinking, man, they really have a team. They're a team, right? They're a team at home. They're a team with their families. They're a team with their kids. And they're a team at work. And Jason, I know you're going to be able to talk about this because you and Amanda yeah. work together mm -hmm. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But how I always define what a teamwork is, a teamwork makes the dream work. We've all heard that, right? <laughs> this is like Michael Scott here. Yeah. The, de the definition <laughs> Teamwork is makes the dream work. Jim Carr. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> It's a he does think he comes up with quotes that he really doesn't. <laughs> no, I, I, I Google this. <laughs> I, Google this. Uh, yeah. well, I can just see him in front of his team quoting all this stuff saying, Jim Carr. Like, <laughs> there's nobody there to call BS on him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know he does that. Yeah. So, Nick, why don't you read the definition of teamwork okay. makes the dream work? Teamwork is a phrase used when two or more people have collaborated positively on some project or to some end. It means that effective teamwork achieves much more than any individual can. This well-known phrase is first attributed to John Maxwell, an American clergyman. Did you know that? That he was a clergyman? I thought he was a businessman and a writer first. No, but, I no you know, idea, but... Yeah. He's making the dream work, man. Yeah. yeah. John Maxwell probably came up with that quote, too. Yeah. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Before Michael Scott and then Jim Carr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So guys, got anything new to share with us about what's going on at Zanger or, and or AME? I was joking with my team today that I'm changing my last name to Saban, Nick Saban, you know, the Alabama coach for football. Okay. You know, what they do is they just recruit Jim and Jason time. don't watch sports. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I knew what, the, Bears game, I knew what like, the score of the Bears game was oh, at 1 a.m. painful. We're not going to talk about the Bears no, game because I want to have a good day. Yep. But they recruit I thought like of you crazy. Last night, you yeah. know, all the best high school players, they try to get them to come to their school. And that's what I've been doing. I have two open positions that I've been recruiting for quite a bit. And we all know in this world of technical sales engineering, it's not easy to find a competent salesperson who's who's really going to move the needle. So I'm taking my time. So I actually just hired a 20-something technical account manager named Max, and he's awesome, and I'm Good. very happy Good to have him on the team. You can find them. Yeah. It's not you, easy. You just got to like really uncover a lot of rocks and do, yeah. a lot of, do a lot of things. There's not like one way to do it. And he's killing it so far. Good so I'm you, really man. happy about awesome. that. Um, but my actual news is just spending the last day and a half with uh, Dave and Mike and really just kind of getting some of the thoughts out of my head, having them organize it, and having it put it into like a framework where we can really say, okay, let's hit the lever for the next couple of years is is very yeah, exciting to me. Those that haven't listened to the episodes with You David should listen Mike, to it. They're you know basically like a consulting firm that has a growth system that, you know, will double, triple the value of your company in X amount of years or whatever they said. So really great guys helping both you and Jim out. Yeah, That's cool. So I'm excited about it. Cool. Making some good plans. And then likewise with me, we're hiring too. I just had hired two new machinists. They started they started Monday in tandem. So I'm super excited about them. So far so good. 
I talked to you guys about this last week when we were in Hawkeye Community College about how I completely turned my benefits plan all around. So guess what? Now I'm hiring people. Well, okay, so we need to have it, and we're not going to talk not, about it today. Please, let's not talk about it well, now. Well, no, but we need to talk about this. There will be an episode. The gist of it is we did a couple Making Chips episode where you're like, benefits, benefits, benefits. And then all of a sudden you were like, forget about the benefits. I'm just going to pay more money. We need to dissect that. I will so, I will let you know I like how where it works you have out. The options. Well, that's what I'm working for. That's what I'm working on. I'm working on a customized Where you can say, hey, just, you know, I'll take as much. Well, I've got that. Yeah, whatever. We're, we're doing change, the episode already. We'll, yes. we'll have to do it another time. Absolutely. Yeah. But I was gonna. You got to thread that legal needle um, right. well. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, and yeah, maybe you, you can't have like different something standards. that Mike and I yeah. need to talk about. <laughs> That's all over my head. <laughs> You're a lawyer, right, Mike? Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. I was gonna reiterate that about IMTS again about how great it was that they invited us there to be on the Grand Concourse main stage for yeah, three and days. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have another discussion about it. Right. Like reflect on IMTS 2022 which I'm excited about that. Yeah. And then check out the live episodes that we have been recorded and edited yes. for your listening pleasure. Yeah. On our podcast, or you can just Google like IMTS plus and right. then type making chips. Yep. You'll see them yeah. But if you're template. hearing this, it's just easier. Listen to it. I'm making chips. Yeah. But the video version oh, is the what I'm talking version. about. You yeah. can actually see that. Unfortunately, the, Monday, the video is not there. Really? Yeah. yeah. They only have Wednesday well, and hopefully Friday. By the time this gets released, that's all sorted out. Yeah. Do either of you want to comment about the Hawkeye Community College visit? It was fun. So we did. <laughs> we was had a lot fun. Of, we had a lot of fun. And, and you I know, think we had more trip. fun than anything. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was good. It was good bonding time for It us was to a go good there. bonding time. So, yeah. We, and they were happy. You know, they were oh, so yeah. thankful and totally. We were supposed to have two panelists, and one of them couldn't make it the day of, so we found someone from the crowd yeah, and brought him up good. there. Oh, it was yeah, great. he was great. He, he was didn't awesome. miss a beat. Yeah, he was so. awesome. So the gist of it is that Hawkeye hired us to come out and to present a um, a discussion on what has become kind of like our standard topic of people, process, and performance. Like our keynote. It's the new PPP, yeah. and it's become part of our keynote. And it's a really good message to get out to the manufacturing leaders out there because those are the things that people are most concerned about right now, people, process, and performance. And it all kind of comes down to people, but it's a great discussion. We always get so many different new nuggets of information from the audience and from our panelists, and it's it's just great. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it was fun. It yeah. was, it but was, the fun part was pretty cool too. We ended up staying at a casino hotel. Yeah, and uh, I think we all, we all won did, money. We all won money, yeah. which is yeah. like yeah. unreal. I think I won twenty bucks, but still, yeah, we, we, we played we for like we four out hours. Here being high rollers, we were just having yeah. a good time. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely had a good time. Manufacturing news is not manufacturing news, and I'm going to abort this boring topic of five steps to detoxify a toxic work culture because I really don't want to talk about that. You know what I want to talk about? <laughs> I just heard the report that inflation was up again in September. Did you hear that? Well, when they come out with those numbers, I heard 8.7. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when they come up with those numbers- I mean, these are important numbers. That's like a blended rate for the year, right? That is that what that is? You know, I, I don't know. I just heard up. Well, it can't be 9% a month because that cumulatively- No, that no, 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 no. Or compounded. I just heard up and then I heard mortgage rates are at the highest in 20 years. They're at almost 7%. I know. But I'm like, okay. oh my God, what the? Let's kind of put this in context. Okay. Okay. For manufacturing too, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like <laughs> if, we, if you have to buy capital equipment and you yeah. have to get a loan on capital equipment, you're not going to pay 3% anymore, well, right? 3% yeah. is ridiculous. Well, like, you're not going to pay, you're not even going to pay and five. Going back when I bought my first condo, I had a 7% mortgage and it was great. 
We were excited about that. Yeah. I think I ended up taking it down to like six and a half because I got a 15 year. Yeah. But like that was a good rate at the time. So this is not dire times. You know what I mean? When If it gets up to 10, then I'm going to be concerned. But like the way 7%, it's going, yeah. I'm at like, you know, I just but it went it was, from a 30 year to a 15 year and I'm at like 2.75%. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but it was only at three percent in January, and we're sitting here in October, and it's at seven. I so, know. Yeah, something's happening. Yeah, something's happening. Don't say it. Yeah, but well, don't say Jim's don't favorite say, word. Don't say the R word. Don't get yeah. political. What's don't, the R word? No well, recession. recession. Oh, you know, he has an, I was going to get political. Oh about, no, I don't. Even want, oh, please don't go there. Talk about Not on this show. and stuff like that. Yeah, no. You know. Let's touch base with this. It's really relevant. I was sitting watching the news this morning, having my coffee at home, and I heard that, and I'm like, oh my God, again? Well, how do we make it relevant to what people are doing in manufacturing? Well, I, I have a thought. I think machine tools is machine a big tools. one. Machine yeah. tools. So I mean, the financing of that is going to be I mean, more difficult. If you could afford a piece of capital equipment in January, and you were borderline accepted at that time, there's no way you're going to well, qualify for it now. Let me say this. So What's that? Obviously, you buy machine tools, and you make parts. You sell tooling that goes yeah. on machine tools, and my products are peripheral to machine tools. They sure. go in the same crate, and they show up at your shop floor. And right. Okay. Okay. So what does all this uh, what does it you mean? Know, mortgage rate and everything have to do with the forecast of the machine tool builders, which is based on what the machine tool users are going to buy? Because mm-hmm. that's what matters to me. You right. know, I'm trying to figure out my forecast for this next year. How many chip conveyors am I going to sell? I would not get aggressive on your numbers. How do we plan the resources so that we can hit the sales target? Because if you're way too aggressive on the sales target... You might overstaff your resources. Yeah, absolutely, making money. And yep. I'm still optimistic. I mean, I don't know what particular industry Jason, that it's going to affect. I'm always optimistic. I know, me too. And and like, unless I don't it comes know. to recessions, then James yeah. is obsessed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, because you guys never lived through any. Oh yeah, we did. What are you talking about? Well, I've been in business for 25 years. Oh, of course, you're I've a lived baby. through. A, you've I never, lived, you've I never lived through I mean, anything. I lived through the Great Recession, like you did. But I mean, <laughs> like, but I've lived through <laughs> some recessions. Were you actually? Working during in 2008, no, I'm sorry, the Great Depression, the Great Depression. Oh no, like, yeah. So in 2008, the, I was like the working in my shop for you, my day. You know, in 2008, I was like working in the shop or whatever yeah. I was doing. Yeah, but you know, did you I understand what was actually was in happening? The great I just remember how stressed my dad was. Now yes, it's no. like my problem if we go into another one. But anyway, I we're say, not talking about recession. I would say one of the things that I've done over the last five years, which I think is going to be really helpful going into this, is that I've and the guys from EBITDA can testify to this because we went over it. Is I've really flip my balance sheet in the last five years and we have like very, very little debt. And I yeah, think that that's you. very important. Well, let me say this but about the forecast. So I won't say who, but I was just at an event with the one of the major machine tool brands and I was asking them and they said, we're just forecasting basically the same numbers we forecast for this year. Mm. Okay. So, Interesting. Flat. I've heard a lot of that same thing. Yeah. And, and I talked to was a pretty yeah. good year. So, yeah. Um, I'm with it. So I, I along yeah. with you, Jason, I'm not like super down in the dumps about the future. Yeah. So I'm going to say like, yeah, flat for existing business. And then I'm just going to get out there and hustle and find new business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's get this party started before our guests leave because we're rambling on too much. We are. Can we introduce them? Yes, we can. I think I'm going to introduce them. So honestly, when I met our guests just a few short weeks ago, I was immediately drawn to their charisma and their passion amongst everything. Um, and, he, this, and this guy talks more than I do, or Jason, or you, Nick. Um, <laughs> we might then, replace you with him. <laughs> then minutes later, I was like, who's that lady sitting next to him? And, and he said, introduced me as his wife and his business partner company. And they together, they own a machine shop in Fall River, Massachusetts called Marzilli Machine. And it's about an hour, hour and a half south of Boston from downtown, and which happens to be my second favorite urban city right after Chicago. So I said, I'm going to have to have you guys in the show. 
They said, great, when can we come? Make a weekend out of it. So it's Friday. They flew in just last night, and they're here. Please welcome to the show Jamie and Lee Marzilli. Hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome to Making Chips. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Great to be here. Yeah, of course. Let's have some fun, and let's share your journey. So are you staying? Are you making a vacation out of this, staying in Chicago for a couple days, or...? Just a couple of days. We're going to fly back out on Saturday. Okay. Cool. Are you staying downtown? I don't know where downtown is. Okay. So okay. Not, no, maybe. Da- not downtown Chicago. They're like, staying at Rosemont. Oh, at yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Perfect. Maybe after the show, we could talk and Jim and I can throw our best recommendations out to you. Yeah. Unless you're going to Rockford and then Nick can give you some recommendations. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know why they'd go out there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'll see you there. Okay. <laughs> Before I begin. So when I was talking to Jamie and Lee, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we do this podcast and it's called Making Ships and have you ever heard of it? And they said, uh, no, I'm sorry. So you got the humble version of this because usually he pushes people out of the way and he says, I'm Jim Carr. Don't you know me? <laughs> I'm sure you listen to my podcast, but if you don't, if you happen anyway, to Anyway, they're listeners now. And it's great to have them here. So, Jamie, how did you get started in manufacturing? I mean, everyone has a beginning, right? Everyone has that origin story. Origin That's story. Thank word, you, yeah. Nick. You're always good on getting the, those words. Tell us your origin story. I mean, was it a family member? Was it a friend? Was it a high school thing? Please enlighten us. It was a high school thing. Uh, it kind of happened by luck. The shop that I had picked was not available. And I was going to drop out of school and go play football at another high school. Uh-huh. And my dean of students was like, don't do that. He said, here, we have an opening in machine shop. Give it a try. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And so I gave it a shot. And So shot like shop class? Shop. Yeah. So I went to Diamond Regional, which is a Vogue school in my area. Okay, cool. And uh, they're a very unique, high-performing Vogue school. Uh, state-of-the-art technology they use a unique method of two weeks on and two weeks off. So instead oh, of you're, take, like you're in the shop for two weeks and then in the classroom for two weeks. Correct. Oh, cool. So it gives you actual time to dig into a project yeah. and to see something to the end. And then you go to academics for two weeks. Okay. okay so, neat. so let me make sure I understand this. So this, this two weeks on two weeks off is all part of the curriculum. Correct. So you're in the shop for two weeks making parts. And then the next two weeks you're doing theoretical stuff, learning, no, you go to real high school for the other oh, two. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, okay, English okay, and yeah, you know everything gotcha. else. You get yeah. one shop related class, but the yeah. rest of it is English, math, science. Yeah, that yeah that's really stuff. cool. I like that. And you didn't care about shop class. You were just like, I want to play football, whichever place that I'm at doesn't matter. I just want to do. I that. wanted to be an architect when okay. I was young, so oh. I wanted to take carpentry, okay. but carpentry was filled, and they stuck me in electronics. Okay, and I was going mad, just sitting there, not doing a lot, yeah. and mm-hmm. so I was like. The, I'm not doing anything here. I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And they convinced me not to and basically spun a roulette wheel and was like, boom, how about machine shop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you, you hit the lucky I, number then. And I, <laughs> my first couple of weeks in were awful. I had no idea what I was doing or what anybody else was doing. But a couple of kids, I made friends and they started showing me what I was missing and I really took to it. What was the moment that you kind of got fired up? Was it you saw some chips flying and you're like, this is cool or saw like a finished part? Like at what moment you're like, I think this is for me because of that. Okay. I took a tour of the Gillette company in Boston. Okay. It's part okay. of the field trip. Making razor blades? And I said, I'm going to work there. Okay. And the Gillette company picks one student or maybe two now a year and puts them through an apprenticeship program. Okay. So my senior year of high school, I didn't actually go to the shop class at all. 
Mm-hmm. So I did what's called our co-op at the Gillette company. So I was that student. I got mm, what I that's wanted. That's really cool. So yeah. I worked Ooh, I hard. And he, I, he was probably I thinking, you know that. what? This is the best a man can get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 nice. There you go. Ka-ching. Oh, my God. You always remember the taglines, Nick. He's like, we were working on the women's razor blade line. <laughs> well, that was right when they had first come out with the Mach 3. And okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, we're the, this is the best razor ever. Yeah. And I went there and I was 17, 18 years old. So that is absolutely not what I was thinking. Yeah. The only thing I thought was, I don't want to drive an hour here every day. And so I quit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I, I, I stayed there for a year and I, I ended up not, I wanted a job closer to my house. Mm-hmm. So I became a tool and die maker for about two years. And so okay. I did a tool and die maker's apprenticeship. That's a good background to have. Mm-hmm. All my friends were making a lot more money in CNCs. We're talking mm-hmm. late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And- I wanted to make that kind of money too. God, that seems like yesterday. Yeah. So I jumped and I got into CNCs and found out that I was absolutely awful at it. Oh, and the CNC programming or CNC machining? Absolutely awful. Well, I mean, after learning tool and die, what were you awful in on the CNC side? Was it just the programming or? It just didn't make any sense. Okay. The loss of the tactile of the the hands-on. Oh, oh yeah. I, was I just totally lost. agree with that. And you're talking about a different era. Now, when you, yeah. when you see young people who are in their 20s, you're like, please come. Let me teach you everything. Yeah. Well, in 2000, they were like, this kid's trying to get my job. So they didn't want to show me anything. Yeah. So you had to figure it all out on your own. And yeah. now a lot of the times they start digitally and then they move it to the machine where that was never the case in the past. I agree with that as well. I think that they should be teaching kids in high school now how to work at a machine shop today. And on if, manual machines? No. Oh, uh, not just, at all. No. Uh, you sh- they should be start off with hybrid cam. machines like in Prototrax and jump right into CAD cam because if... Those jobs are going away. You have to be able to pay these kids competitive wages out of high school because you got to compete against large companies right. in order to attract this talent. So they have to be able to produce and to make money for you. Mm-hmm. So teach them those skills. If I need to teach this kid how to use a manual lathe, I know how to do that. Yeah, but I don't right. own a, I don't own a manual machine. Right, that's Titan's model. He sounds yeah. like Titan yeah, Gilroy right now. Yeah. So I got into a heated argument over. So I know Titan very well. Yeah, uh, I'm actually uh, small group number three. Uh, oh yeah, guy. hey, congrats. Okay. And so, cool. did you know what that was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah he explained that to me earlier. Yeah, that's how he puts together yeah. like the curriculum. Yeah, yeah. So what he does yeah. is, so part of that curriculum is without that hands-on experience, you're going to have a hard time absorbing it. So he reached out to people that he knew, and he said, "I want you guys to open your shops up to people for me. Um, I'll let you use this curriculum. You can teach your own people with it. I'm doing an experiment on Facebook. I want to see where this is going to go." <laughs> and we said, "Okay." Cool. And it's been an amazing recruitment tool. I use it. It is how we move people up through the ladder in our company from sweeping the floor to becoming a machinist. We put them through the academy. Yeah. We give anybody who completes the first 10 a dollar an hour raise. And that's how we separate the cream. Love it. We, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, the, Jim, the whole notion of small groups is like, he actually took that from the church. And that's how they do more of te- theological teaching after hmm. Interesting. You know, Sundays. So, I had never yeah. heard of that. Yeah. I had never heard well, of that. Now you know. So you got exposure to the industry in high mm. school. You left high school and you went to become a tool and die maker. You worked as a tool and die maker for how long? About two years. Two years. And then you transitioned into CNC machining. Yep. And you went, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I I fell flat on my face. What what didn't you like? Obviously, it ended up well for him. Can cycles. So G-codes being written in can cycles seemed like another, it is another language, but it was one I just couldn't comprehend. Okay. Like a G84, G73, RO, yeah, yeah. There's some people that like to do programming and there's other people that are like, eh, I don't, yeah. Well, Well, it was just the way we were doing it. So the the company I ended up being at had a lot of Prototrack machines, 
which are conversationally programmed. Sure. And those, I was a whiz at those. Okay. I was making more parts in the prototracks than the guys in the CNCs were. And the boss decided to reach out and to bring in Mastercam and nobody knew how to use it. And I was like, I'll figure it out. And so I figured it out really well. And I never learned G codes. Uh, in fact, when I had a problem with my program, I just reprogrammed it in Mastercam, posted it out again, because that's how fast I got at it. Mm. And I learned G codes backwards. I learned how to read them from my own posts instead of programming them that way. Wow. Very yeah, interesting. Really interesting. How old are you at this point in your journey? I am 20, maybe 21. I was oh, at wow. that place when 9-11 happened. Did you know Lee yet at all? No, no, not at all. No, okay. no, I'm 42 now. Well, we'll get to her chapter of the story, but there might be some stuff between oh, the, here and there. Yeah, yeah, she's got a lot to say. Okay, so you're working at a CNC machine shop. You kind of figure out like Mastercam is the thing for you. You really embraced that technology. Yep. You went backwards with GNM codes and you were at that company for how long? before you made another transition. So I was there when 9-11 happened because about a month after 9-11 happened, I got laid off oh, and okay. we went into yep. the recession yep, and did. I parted ways from the trade mm -hmm. and basically had to do whatever I could to survive. So I took a job selling cars, which I'm sure surprises none of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was very good at selling cars. I was going to say you got the personality I for totally it. <laughs> get that. Uh, Lee's, Lee's sitting here nodding uh, with yeah. a big grin. I had no problem selling cars. What kind of cars? The, uh, Hyundais. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was selling Hyundais. New ones, not used New ones. New ones and okay. used ones. Okay. The, the dealership I was at sold lots. Uh, but at the, I hated the hours. I hated oh, yeah. that lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to go move on to something else. And the owner of that company grabbed me and said, I'll put you in service. Just stay with us. So I became a service advisor and a service manager, which is an important part of my journey because I learned how to run a crew mm. in an already an established environment mm -hmm. yeah. that had an ERP. I learned how to deal with blue collar personalities and, and how rambunctious they can be with yeah. each other. And yeah, I mean, those mechanics and machinists yep. and ma Very I mean, similar. like, yeah, mechanics make amazing machinists yeah. and can fix uh, yeah. your machines when they break. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So, uh, and I learned how to deal with customers. So I went from selling Hyundais and I became a service manager at a Mercedes dealership. Mm. That's so a big jump. It was. And it's, a, I, it's a cultural shift it, too. Also a big part was that there's, you know, most of the people who are owning the companies that we do business with now, they drive Mercedes. Sure. So I got to learn how to deal with those types of personalities as well and, and how they expect to be treated when they spend that kind of money on a car. And I took that and I said, well, these people, I have people who spend millions of dollars with us. This is how they expect to be treated as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know that resonates with you and I, Jim, because we were both like servers at fine dining restaurants and- it's like, what does that have to do with my development in manufacturing? It has a lot to do with it. It has a lot. So just, I think everyone should spend some time in like yes. service. In, or retail. It, I yeah, was retail. It, it, uh, Jason yeah. did some retail. My parents too, owned a store in, in a mall. They did? Oh, a t-shirt shop. ironing. Yeah. And you talk about aggravating, put an iron on t-shirt and it's like not perfectly straight. Or you have to make these, you have to fold shirts and put them into a triangle. And then somebody takes the one out of the bottom and knocks the whole triangle over. And you're like, but you can't say anything. Yeah, I can't but see you, you doing fold them all back up again and make yeah. the triangle again <laughs> with a smile on your face. Yes. But yeah. So, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like, it doesn't seem like it connects to your career, but it totally does. It did. But yeah. I, even still, it wasn't what I wanted. I really missed cutting metal and working with my hands. So, so how long in the car tr industry? Maybe like two and a half years, oh, three years. Geez, that's a, that's longer than I would have so, thought. Yeah. Cause I did, a, I sold cars for about a year and then the next year and a half, two years, I was an advisor, then a manager. And then I just, I took any job to get back into the trade. Okay. Any, any job I could. I didn't like that place too loud of a personality. I wanted to make parts. I wanted to really do other things in the place. The couple of places I got into 
were production shops. And so they didn't want that. They just wanted another cog in the system. And that wasn't me. So I went back to the guy who laid me off after 9-11. And that guy hired me on the spot. He looked me right in the eyes and he was like, are you here for a job? And I was like, yes. He goes, you are hired. (laughs) I I got like a $4 an hour raise. I did no negotiating. And that's that's funny. I moved my toolbox there the next day. And and that was that. I, I worked for that guy almost up until I started my own business. So, you still, so are you still in contact with this person at all? He or? passed away years oh, ago, but yeah. sorry. Okay. I love to hear that transition. I don't know if you want to go there yet, but that transition from leaving there and starting your own yeah, business. So this is the pivotal part. Because that's always a sticky situation. You know, I love to hear people's perspective is, was it done in a manner that was copacetic between yourself and the other gentleman? Or how did that happen? Okay. So you really want to hear my wife's story first because okay, okay, yeah, it's yeah, definitely it. Lee, her fault. I've been yeah. waiting <laughs> for pins and needles to bring Lee in. <laughs> Lee, it's, it's, it's all your fault. It's time yeah. to pass the mic. Yeah. So you went on your first date. Is that we going there? I don't know what's uh, where we're starting the story. I want to hear how it's her fault. <laughs> Lee, go ahead. Go, Lee. So he started at a different company, uh, which he was not happy with. And I suggested that he start his own machine shop. And mm-hmm. so he started going into making the business plan and figuring out how that's all going to work. And he was maybe in three months and the owner of the shop found out that he was looking to start his own machine shop and let him go. Okay. So he kind of oh, just okay. guy. Feet. Uh, so yeah. so the fire- I, love, I love how my wife wrote, she tells this story with none of the fireworks. She basically yeah. dared me that I couldn't do it. Oh yeah. Uh, she, nice. So I, I, actually, I came it. home miserable one day and I was like, I just can't work for this guy anymore. He doesn't know what's going on. He has no systems. And she said, why don't you start your own machine shop? And I'm like, yeah, baby, just start a machine shop. It's yeah. just so easy to do. I'm like, you have any idea what it would take to start a machine shop? And she just looked at me and went, nope. Do you? <laughs> and I went to answer and real quick realized, actually, I have no idea how to start a machine shop either. <laughs> so I Googled it. You did not. I Googled, Googled how to start, how a, to machine start a machine shop. Oh, oh my so God. And so what oh came my God. up was go to the SBA. Only a millennial. So I, I am not a millennial. Well, okay. A I Gen am an Xer. Xer. No. What came up was the first episode of Making Chips. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went to the SBA and they said, you need to make a business plan. And they gave me a map and... Yeah. Then my wife said, I took me like three or four months of them saying, nope, this isn't good enough. And me and her, we worked on it together once I got it going. And then I took it to the bank and they were like, this is the best business plan we've ever seen. Cool. Really? So Lee, what is your background? So were you married at the time that you had this epiphany? Really quick, Jim, I just want to make a little comment. So it's good to hear that I was a jobless bum when yeah. we met. <laughs> oh, okay. it, it's good to hear like the whole, you know, whenever you think about like, at least when I think about the government, you always think a lot of like negative things, but it's good to see like an organization it like worked. the SBA actually really accomplish what it was intended to accomplish and motivating you and giving you the tools that it took in order to get your business off the ground. So that's really encouraging to hear that. And I don't really want to tell the story now, but there was some nuance in how my wife pushed me and where we are at right now as far as business ownership goes too. So it's good to My wife's good to just always story. telling me I need to work less. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> But I, I got a question real quick. So how long had you been dating or were you married when she double dog dared you to start a business? So actually we met on match.com. Of course you did. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was going for my master's in business and um and he was unemployed and we were about three months in and I told him that he needed to find a job or I was gone. Good for you, Lee. He went and found a job and then the start. I had that miserable job too. Yes. (laughs) 
yeah, so he got a job. Then he started his own business. I graduated with my MBA. My mother actually- in in, in finance, my mother had a bookkeeping business, and so I went from my MBA to go work with her. It didn't end up working out. I went to go work at the the machine shop instead. Oh, okay. Um, that, so that's how you guys yeah, figured it all out. Yeah, and actually, on my father's side, my grandfather had his own machine shop, oh, and when he passed away, they moved into buying and selling CNC machinery. Oh, okay, nice. cool. Okay. So you were already There's kind of always the background. Yes. There's yep. always a lineage there somewhere, isn't so that it's, crazy? It sounds like from the very beginning, you kind of take care of all the business, office-related stuff, and you're on the production, making sure that the parts get out. And She knows her stuff. Well, for the first year, I did it by oh, myself. Yeah, and that's why she, I said the business side is, is Lee. Yeah. This is what we were meant to do. Yeah. She knows her side of the business very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know my side of the business very well. Yeah. So we, what, how do you define those sides? Obviously, you have a finance background. So is it like visionary integrator, if you know that language? He's the visionary. I'm, I'm yeah. the one that you keeps his integrator. feet on the ground and yeah. helps sure bring reality. You make sure that the things get done. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. That's she awesome. makes sure I don't smother our business with my dreams. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you can. Well, you got to dream a little, man. I dream a lot. I know. Yeah. yeah. You have to dream a lot, but you got to get the work done too, you know, and that's what the integrator does. She makes sure that the customers get taken care of, the jobs get done on time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you got approved by the SBA and you decided to go down this path. What year was this? And what were those first few pieces of equipment that you bought? Share with us that roadmap that you said you drew up to get this business off the ground. You don't have to do a deep dive because we don't have that much time today, but I'm interested and I'm sure the audience is really interested in the plan. The plan was what it was. Like Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. (laughs) And starting your own business is exactly that. Oh yeah. And so I had a plan all written out. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen. I bought a VF3 Haas that I knew how to work. I bought a seat of Masticam. I rented a little building. I got a little ProtoTrack lathe. And I worked about 100 hours in a dungeon-y type of area that had no heat or lights yet. Yeah. And I just went at it every day. Yeah. And, you know, I was just... It was exciting. You know, it was different. I was, you know, it was survival, right? But you were you were probably putting in 100-hour weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I like to hire new guys now, and I tell them, like, what it took to get to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's 28 people working there now. We own 20 CNC machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell them these stories. They all think I'm exaggerating. You know, I used to sleep there. No, but yeah. your story is very similar to other CEOs and business owners. It's just that most people don't have that drive. They're not willing to do that, what you did. Yeah, the entrepreneurial gene. You know, the business story is always very, very similar. I totally agree, But it's that 1% of people that are willing to really just get dirty and get the job done and put in the hours. There was a passion. There was something there. Because let me tell you, if you didn't like the industry and you didn't like what you did, you would never have been successful. Right. Ever. Ever. You have to feel it. It's got to be a flame inside you somewhere mm-hmm. that really drove you to work a hundred hours a week. And I mean, sure, I can visualize you in that cold, dark, dank shop. It's not always about CNC. Sometimes it's just about provision for your family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, I think he had a passion to make parts. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But so, you know, obviously you encouraged him to start the business, Lee, but then were you like, be careful what I wish for type thing? Because how did you guys navigate that? That's a lot of work and probably not a lot of hanging out. (laughs) For the first year, I worked to help support the home and also help take care of his daughter. Mm -hmm. So that allowed him to really put in the hours that's needed in order to get it off the ground. She kept me alive. Yeah, there you go. And how old was your daughter at the time? So I have a daughter who's 22. 
Okay. Grown. And then we have two children together. Uh, we have a boy who's six and a little girl who's three. Okay. Who are, just awesome. They're amazing. Yeah. It's just absolutely amazing. I can tell by your face. And they love what we do. Cool. They love. So, so let, let's, the, how old was the 22 year old when you were working that much and Lee when you were helping out with her? Under 12. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so let's make a little transition. And Jim doesn't have this in his notes, but I don't like to make a lot of notes and follow Jim's questions. That's okay. Jason it, it, disobeys Jim. <laughs> have you found any challenges in working together? and being married that you have to like kind of draw some rules or do things in a particular way that maybe two other partners wouldn't have to do. It can be challenging working with your spouse. Any yeah. issues that happen at work kind of tend to come yeah. home with you. Yeah. What allows us to continue to work with each other is remembering that we're a team and yeah. that anything that comes at us is together, not yeah. separate. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's, That's awesome. great. But no rules now like, hey, we don't talk about this at dinner or we're on vacation. We don't, really. you know. No. That's just not the way it works. Yeah. It's not. And I think yeah. I think that people say, oh, we don't talk about that when we're on vacation. Or, well, there's, there's oh, different, when different we people do things we don't differently. Come on. We just had our key CNC program. You know, I could just imagine. We just had our key CNC programmer quit. Shit. What are we going to do? You yeah. know, you're going to have to bleep no, that like, out. But, it, you're so yeah. right because we'll do but our family vacations. <laughs> we'll be at like a resort yeah. or something and something big will happen at yes. home. Yeah. And we'll be sitting there and our, our wives or you know, the people who aren't in the day-to-day -day yeah, yeah. will be looking at us like, you're not going to talk about that are you yeah. and we're like how can we you know man? you're just sitting there looking like uh and then yeah. you just start talking about it <laughs> yeah. you get your yeah. hand slapped for it so you yeah. do talk about things we that, do yeah. yeah of course we've set ground rules for how we talk about things my brain doesn't work like her brain her brain works very different than my brain does and so like you're probably more linear and you're probably yes, more i'm place. very spatial yeah, i'm more like you so my <laughs> thoughts come at any time yeah and at any moment, and, right. like, and I'll solve a problem from like three weeks ago, right. you know, just like as we're sitting down watching a movie, I'm like, oh. And so what we do is she'll tell me, oh, hey. For me, it's in the throw, shower when I don't have anything to write it down on. Throw a reminder in your phone, right? <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. way we're not using up all right. of our family time. Communication is everything. And so, yeah. but because we're married, lessons we learned in marriage about how we want to communicate about things at home were easily translated to like how we talk about money at work, right? Her world is very complicated and very specific mm -hmm. where my world, you know, there's a hundred ways to get this done. And you know, any one of them could be right. All that yeah. matters is we make a good product and we make money on it. Mm -hmm. And so we together worked on systems to make sure that I could understand what she's saying easily and quickly, and that she could understand what I'm going through easily and quickly. And we just, we developed our own vocabulary. That's, That's cool. what we did. Yeah. I like it. It's important. I like it. And the kids, do they do they hear the discussions about business? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. They live there, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Yeah, they like it. They yeah, when they don't have their headphones on. They don't know what you're talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Although our son made his first part, and he shows everybody. Everyone. That's so That's cool. awesome. That's yes. really cool. That's awesome. On what machine? On an older Haas VF0 that I didn't mind if he blew it up. That's yeah. cool. How so, cool but that? I mean, he really made it. He, he programmed it. He programmed it Mastercam. He put the tools together. So wow. post-process, pulled the tools. Is he running the Titan curriculum? All of it. Yeah. So he's six. So yeah. I'm like, he did it on my lap. But yeah. Titan has a kid's thing. Yeah, I've seen him. I, I've signed my kid up for we it. We made yeah. the dog bone together. Yeah. And I changed the picture of Titan's dog to our dog. Yeah. And we, we cut it. And engraved it and everything and deburred it. Yeah. Nice. And oh yeah. It that was is fantastic. so cool. We put the pictures up on Facebook. He's so proud of him. So yeah. I'm so proud of him too. You know, that's and he amazing. loves it. You I mean, that's the kind of story and the kind of fuel that you're gonna give him for being one of the next manufacturing leaders. So that's amazing. Only Kudos if he wants to you guys. It. Only if he wants to, yeah. But I mean, it's that kind of thing where he's gonna have that passion and like, I did this, I made this, I can be so proud of this, I can do even more than that in the future, you know? We probably gotta start wrapping this up, right? So twenty eight 
employees. Yes. 20 machines. Yep. And what's it going to be like 20 years from now? Is your son going to be running the place or? Or your daughter. <laughs> if that's what they want. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. We don't, we're not looking to sell out or anything that, that is our out strategy yeah. is to yeah. leave it to them. We want to build a legacy. Yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. In 20 but, years, I mean, that, that's pretty far out, but our three to five year business plan it says, goes fast. Let me tell you. I, I was just going you. with that 20 thing, but yeah. Yeah, I hear you because I mean, all three of us, J uh, Jason, Jim, and myself, we're all family businesses. I'm third generation. You're second. You're are you second? I'm third. Third, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jason, third. So, yeah, it makes sense to us. You know, yeah, we want to totally grow it up it. to maybe 15, 20 million, 100 people working yeah, there. Yeah, great. Cool. So those are our goals. That's where we think, but who knows, right? I mean, maybe before I get there, we'll feel like we're satisfied with what we've built. And, yeah, or yeah. maybe I'll get there and I'll say, I could make it twice as big and yeah. the challenge of it alone would, that's yeah. the part about the business that I love the most yeah. is growing the business, working on the business, integrating in the new technologies. You know, pro shop was amazing for it us. Was, it, really was. it was, it changed everything. It changed um, everything. We were having conversations about getting out, out of the business. Yes. Wow. People were making me job offers that I was getting in trouble for saying no to Yeah. because I was never in it for the money. Mm -hmm. So when it wasn't making money and it wasn't doing great, you know, in the middle yeah. and people were like, come run my shop. I'll pay you three times what you're taking home now. And I was like, nah, that didn't go over too well. But we got onto pro shop and we got organized and we got digital and, and paperless paperless. And do you run your QMS in there? Yes, we do. Okay. We're, we're translating it now, but we didn't like the way it looked. It, did, okay. it didn't match 2022. Yep. It was just basically plain text, almost all of it. So now we, uh, I have a young man that I hired and all he does is rewrite the SOPs so a 20 year old can understand them. Click here, do this. Nice. This is what's next. If you're in trouble, here's some hyperlinks that take you to where you need to go. Got cool. it. So we're completely yep, rewriting yep, 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 yep. it and merging the old QMS and the new QMS together. Love it. Wow, very so cool. Well, I guess what you do in five years might depend on what Lee challenges you to. So we'll see if she challenges you to double it, then <laughs> that's where it'll be. We'll grow until, uh, until we're satisfied. Well, I certainly awesome. wish you the best of luck in your endeavors and your future. And I wish you all the success in the world. And I most importantly, thank you for coming out, flying all the way to Chicago to be here as our guests and making chips. We love it's these stories. Pleasure. Yeah, we, we love it. Love this them. is the stuff that America needs to hear. Yeah. And we want to inspire the next person to, yes, to do the same exactly, thing. You know? Exactly. So thank you. Yeah. Thank Enjoy you Chicago. Thank you. When Jim first asked, you hadn't listened to the show at all. Not no. a, but now you've listened to a few. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I own a business, have two small kids, a dog. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm busy. Yeah. yeah. So do it. you know so. how we end the show with our tagline? Do you know what that is? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.